dynamic performance, sophisticated British style, MG Pilot Smart Speed Assist, the new standard in performance, style and safety. With so many impressive inclusions, this is value you've never seen before. The all-new MG HS, the SUV you've never seen before. Welcome to Gibbo Goes One-on-One, -on -one, driven by MG. Now this week I'm joined by WNBA, WNBL superstar, Opal, Under Armour athlete, played overseas. Kayla George, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I was uh, waiting for you to ask, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, look, it takes a while to get to the big dogs. You've got to go through oh, to, to, to get you guys on. Um, obviously, you're in quarantine right now. Talk me through that. How's that going? Um, I know you haven't been in Melbourne, so you haven't been, I don't think you've been quarantining with the Melbourne girls already, but you've joined them for the two-week hub quarantine. How is that? Yeah, it's actually not been too bad. I've been really blessed to be up in Cairns, so it's relatively normal living up there and has been for a hot minute. So um, I've even been playing some skirtball up there. You've probably seen in my socials. We won the championship. Go Phoenix. Um, so, yeah, coming back down here with the Melbourne girls uh, in quarantine was really essential, obviously, because I needed to come and train <laughs> with my yeah. team. Um, but it's been pretty good. Like, we leave a couple times a day to train on court and in the gym. So um, I do get a little bit bored um, in the afternoons, I guess. But now today I've got this chat, so it's great. But no, other than that, it's been really, um, you know, the mask wearing thing's a bit different, but obviously you guys in Melbourne are, are pretty accustomed to that. So no, it's it's been a bit of an adjustment, but not too crazy. Talk me through the the testing. So how often do you get tested? I've seen online that you, get, you, you were tested, but as a team, how often do you get the, the swab and, and testing done? Yeah, so I actually hadn't been tested before. So we got our first one, or for me, it was on Wednesday last week, and we've got it this today as well. So just once a week, which hasn't been too bad, but definitely not a comfortable feeling, the old swell of the nose. But it's all right. We were all negative last week, and I'm sure we'll be all negative this week. So fingers crossed. How long, how long do you have left um, of the quarantine? I think, what is it, like half a week? And then what have you girls been doing? Like, obviously, you can't leave the hotel bar you know, training and coming, I guess, coming back. But yeah. you know, what have you girls been doing? I know you dance and act crazy a lot of the time, <laughs> but no, we don't do that. Games, no. like what have you been doing to kill the time? Has it been a, maybe a good time? You haven't been with the team, but to do some team bonding, yeah. cultural stuff, um, as much of that stuff been going on? Yeah, we've had a few team meetings, but guys not one to really like saturate our time with team meetings. Um, so yeah, it's been good to kind of reconnect and, you know, um, cook with some of the girls. I've been doing a bit of baking myself. Um, and, you know, we've had a few little games. We've got like this murder game that our assistant coach Larissa put in. And so like, there's all the victims and there's one murderer. I don't know if you heard of it. We're on to like game four of it. I just missed the meeting before someone got killed. So like we're playing these little games, we're playing the peg game. Like we're doing some stuff to stay, you know, I'm not bored, but I mean, not, lots of Netflix. Um, and yeah, we've only got half a week, like you said. So looking forward to getting up north. Obviously, like I'm based up there now. Adelaide girl originally, but adopted far north Queensland. So looking forward to getting up into the north Queensland vibes. I'm going to ask where your home now is later. <laughs> um, it must be good, obviously, for the girls to get to practice. Again, not all being together, but... How long are you allowed to train? I know there's a few teams vying for court time. So that's obviously some restrictions around that. And I know you've been playing some practice games as well. Yes, we have about 90 minutes, uh, including warm-ups. So uh, guys not super stoked with that. But I mean, it's kind of as athletes who are like, oh no, we have to get off the court. Oh no. Like, so <laughs> it's not been too bad, but 
it's really great to finally be back all as one team because, you know, Ezzy was over in the WNBA where she won the championship and then she was in quarantine and then she had like 36 hours at home and then she had to come be in another quarantine. Um, and Kalani and Ash were both based in Brisbane. So this is really the first time we've all been together. And then this week we had a few people like Maddie still wasn't full, you know, with her ankle surgery. She's, she played a bit of the game today though. Um, so we've kind of been a bit in and out. So the last two days really we've had our full team on the floor for the first time. So really that's that's pretty wild and we play next week <laughs> so i was about to say obviously unbelievable news that one there's a season um, two that it's come so quick literally like in a week almost yeah. a week you're going to be playing your first game and then how do you think you'll handle the schedule of you know three maybe four games in a week and just firing through those games at, at a rapid pace yeah, I guess there's not a lot of um, time to dwell on, you know, bad games, which is great. But I think it'll come down to like, obviously talent, but, um, you know, how well we do our recovery and, you know, just being a real pro in that in that regard. So, um, yeah, look, it's like a, a international tournament on steroids, really. It's just crazy, like five weeks of full on. But I mean, I'm excited. And on top of that, I get to play at home in front of my family and friends in Cairns. So um, we have like a nice 11 day stretch in Cairns at the start of December. So really looking forward to to taking the girls to the dog park with me kids, you know, separation anxiety. I haven't seen them in a week and a half. They've had me with them all year. Yeah. <laughs> you, now you, you, play, you play for a lot of WNBL teams. Uh, start of the AAS, the Lightning, Logan, Townsville Fire, which I'll talk about the championship in a minute. Obviously the Boomers, Rookie of the Year. You mentioned about the schedule. Obviously you've won a championship. That team was a great team. Um, it's obviously going to take some luck, uh, hopefully no injuries for a team, um, obviously talent as well. But what do you think it's going to take for a team to win this championship? Talent, of course, but yeah. staying fit and healthy and blending yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah, I think uh, what I touched on before, I think recovery, like how, how people are bouncing back and getting their rest in and um, you know, doing the right things off the court nutritionally and things like that to make sure their bodies are right to play their best basketball. Um, I think, you know, also... You know, if you have a decent lead or, you know, you're down by a big chunk, I'm sure that the coaches will alter some things and maybe not play certain people to rest them for the next games, things like that. Some girls might have to miss games with, you know, coming back from injuries. So I think it's just about how well managed um, we are and and um, it'll determine probably the, the finals. Um, one thing I do love about, um, you know, all women, all you girl basketball is that you're so supportive. How, how cool is it to see Ezzy win, you know, WNBA championship? Oh and um Obviously, Sammy that plays. I think she. Yeah. I know she's still playing um, in the WNBL as well. But to see Ezzy, a former teammate at the Opals, and and obviously now to to see her win an NBA championship, that must have been pretty cool as well. Yeah, and like Ezzy is just the most beautiful person, uh, and she works really hard. She accepts criticism. She wants to get better. She wants to learn and grow. And she is an absolute superstar. Um, and for her to be able to go over that and over there in her rookie season and experience that. Um, I was so stoked for her and so well-deserved. And she actually had a really great rookie season. Um, she may not have played much in the finals, but, you know, she came on and contributed like almost every game. And, um, you know, she had some really great vets on her team that really put her in great positions as well. Um, but, yeah, I think really solid first year for her and I'm expecting big things um, in the years to come. She, I, th I feel like she should have played more of the games that I've seen. She yeah. obviously was out there and she was unbelievable. Um, you obviously spent time in the, in the WNBA as well. The, the Mercury... Now you got traded to, to the Connecticut Suns, but they kind of waved you to Dallas. But what is it about Phoenix that 
all almost all Australian basketballers go there. Obviously, Sandy Zara's coach. You got Penny Taylor. Michelle team started it. I think Snelly, Aaron Phillips, Alana. Yeah. Just a variety of Aussies. Is it because Sandy's there? Um, is it just they just love Aussies? Like, what do you think it is about um, the Phoenix Mercury that just attracts so many um, Aussie basketballers? Well, I think definitely now Sandy being there certainly helps. But um, before Sandy, there were still Aussies there. So I think Phoenix just really um, love our tenacity and our hard work ethic and um, how we go about our business. We're real pros and we're really, um, I think us Aussies more often than not are really great people. So um, to have on a team culturally is also really great. So um, yeah, I think that's why Phoenix have been a bit saturated with the Aussie vibe in the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, they've been pretty successful. A lot of the Aussies like Penny Taylor, one of the best ever, you know, that was her home for a long time and yeah. But my time in the WNBA was, yeah, that, that was very interesting. A lot of, lot of learning, a um, lot of bench sitting. But, yeah, like I said, a lot of learning. <laughs> well, I was going to ask about that. Like, yeah, obviously, I mean, geez, I would go and sit on an NBA bench in a heartbeat, just, you know, be there and right. soak up a lot. But how, how was your first experience, um, you know, being there for the first time and, and training for the first time and, and going against that competition? Well, I knew Sandy from um, when her and her husband, Olaf, coached me in Logan. So I felt like, because um, I almost went to LA, so it was out of LA and Phoenix. And I ended up signing with Phoenix because I just, you know, in the world of the unknown, I really wanted to go to, you know, someone I knew. Yeah. And so that was a great experience. The sets, like offensively were, you know, very similar um, and like obviously knew them and knew some of the girls there. So it was a lot easier to kind of transition into that WNBA environment. Um, second year was really hard for me and then yeah got traded in my third year uh, and then got waived which was an experience but also don't like to let people determine my own self-worth so I just had to you know pick myself back up from that and then um, I ended up coming back to Australia and then had some visa issues with Dallas and so I had to stay for a little bit longer and then yeah got to Dallas eventually was there with Liz um, and that was um, that was a really great experience I felt like I got some good opportunity um, but the WNBA, like any team, like when you're not a superstar over there, like I just had to be ready at all times. So like sometimes I play 27 minutes, sometimes seven, sometimes DNP. Like, and I think that's almost harder than when you are the superstar because, you know, you kind of know your role. You're just going out in a ball and you need to help your team win. But when you have no idea when your number's called, um, the mental capacity to stay ready and focused can be really draining um and I felt like I did a pretty good job of you know just seeing the game and you know making sure I was ready but sometimes you know you'd go on and you'd make a mistake and then you wouldn't see the floor again for another two games um, so that was really hard but honestly like biggest lessons learned over there it is the best league in the world unfortunately not the highest paid for women um, but certainly like so stoked that I got to you know spend three years over there I want to talk. That's a, I think you great, made a great point. I've certainly been in that situation. Obviously, being on both ends, you start, you play like you know, and you're going to play. The flip side is you could play so well and then still not get any minutes next. The mind, the mess up going on in your mind to stay ready. Like you could do so much work before the game, week leading in, shoot as many shots, put in extra time, make sure. You, but you still you're sitting there, still not have no yeah. idea when you might go in. The last game, you might have gone in at like four or five minutes left in the quarter. You still don't go on. Now the, the mind games. And just talk me through that whole like the, the mind game of, man, I should be on, but I'm not. But staying yeah. ready and staying positive and just the ups and downs and of all that. Because I've certainly been, been through it. Yeah. It's super challenging. Yeah, like you said, you've been on both ends. So like now when I see like some of our young girls go on and make a mistake and get ripped off, I'm like, oh, been there, felt that. Yeah, you know, you got it. Keep your head up. 
Uh, but it was interesting. One time um, we were playing against Minnesota in Minnesota and we, I only got on in junk time with like 90 seconds to go. And we ended up, we were losing by 30 anyway. And um, yeah, I had to go on and guard Sylvia Fowles, who's one of the best picks in the world. Yeah. And I hadn't, I've been sitting there, you know, I was like picking out splinters, you know, like, and so I've gone in and, and given my best. And after the game, I almost got blamed for the loss I felt. And maybe in the, at the time it wasn't directly at me, but in my moment and in my feels, I was like, oh my gosh, it's not my fault. Oh my gosh, I played 90 seconds. You know, like it was, that's yeah. really hard. Um, but no, I, I guess like for me, I'm always a glass half full kind of gal. So like always lessons learned in those moments. And um, certainly my time in the WNBA and I, I definitely brought that back. And it did take me a little bit to bounce back from my mental, um, I want to say mental fatigue from having to deal with so much anxiety of, um, you know, the role I was playing, but I still felt like I played my role well. Um, but it didn't make it any easier. Well, I think it, I think it is mental fatigue. Like I was in those moments, I've been like, you always just think more than probably is happening. Like you, you're yeah. probably seeing a coach talking to someone else, and they might look at you and you think, are they talking about me? If I don't, <laughs> talk about like that always comes in. I think in those situations, you just definitely start thinking more for the worse, which is obviously yeah, not good absolutely thing. like negative, all negative, and you've really got to like stop thinking that way. But it's easier said than done. But uh, to stay focused and ready is yeah one of the toughest things. I think harder than being a superstar and expecting to score 20 points or whatever it may be. Like that's definitely harder in my mind to, to play that role for sure. But obviously, obviously being over there, seeing, you know, the best players in the world, some of the best talent, like would have learned, picked up moves or like yeah. even your own teammates, um, just how they go about their, their business day to day, in game, out of game, all that stuff must have been a big help for you personally and basketball wise as well. Yeah, definitely. And I did really enjoy playing with Dinah Tarasi, especially if I was shooting well. If I yeah. wasn't shooting well, I, I don't think she wanted me on the floor, which is also really um, intimidating, but it happened. She's a superstar. Um, but yeah, learning from her and uh, picking her brand a little bit. And I also got to play with Skylar Diggins and she she loved me because um, I'm not typically like known as just a come in big body banger. Like I'm, I'm known as a shooter. Um, but in Dallas, my role was to come in and just get people open, like just set screens, rebound, shoot threes when I'm open. Um, so I would just come and get Skylar open and she loved me. She was like, put Georgie on, like put her on, like get me open. So I would just like pick and pop all day with her and she loved it. So she was really great to play with as well. Um, but I think all in all, and you'll agree, like you play all over the world and meet all these amazing people. And I think that's the highlight for me, just being able to meet, not only to play with on court, but, you know, just meet some really cool sister girls that I actually call sisters and family, not everyone. <laughs> But, you know, some people are really, like, thankful to meet you, but, like, no thanks. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, most of the time, and I get along with mostly everyone. Um, it's, yeah, it's for sure going to be not the on-court stuff that you'll probably remember. It's the people you yeah. meet, the people you hang out with and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's also, you just mentioned then, I think, I, I try and preach this to, to younger people and stuff. Like, just come, and I talked to Damien Martin about this, why Perth is so good, they play their role. So you come in. You set screens. You, yeah. That's all you need to do. There's basic, simple things that you've done your whole life. If you do that well, good things yeah. happen. Like you said, Skylar wanted you on the floor. That obviously yeah. helps, you know, play your role and good things will happen with your team. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And obviously I knew that that wasn't my entire game. Like, and I had to always remind myself not to put my mind in that box of oh, I'm just a screener and a popper. Like, that's not my game. So when I came back to Australia or went and played in Europe, like, where they expect me to play my entire game I wasn't stuck in that oh I just screen and pop you know so it yeah. was about adjusting to whatever team you're in and it's not easy and this lifestyle isn't for everyone a lot of people when I played in Europe were like oh 
you're in Paris, you just gone to the Eiffel Tower, you're going to Disneyland, like, oh, it's just a big holiday. Like, mate, I'm training two times a day. I get two times of three days off in eight months. And I, yeah, one time went to Disneyland. But, you know, like people just think we're there on holiday sometimes. It's just not for everyone, that's for sure. A lot of people don't realise they see the yeah. one picture of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And they just have oh. a holiday, shoots and hoops. That looks good. I don't realise in two days in Europe, like... Right. Um, yeah. Is there a greater honour than representing your country? Oh. Like you Obviously, the junior um, Aussie teams, the gems, I think, um, sapphires, but yeah. to wear the green and gold, to represent the Opals and Australia at tournaments, which you've been to a lot of, like, is there a greater honour than that? Yeah, look, no, there's not. And it's certainly my favourite team to play for. And I think um, over the last at least two decades, the Opals legacy is just extraordinary. And to be a part of that is, like, just so humbling. Um, and, you know, when I was a junior, obviously my goal and probably your goal would have been to be a boomer, like mine was to be an Opal and to go to a World Cup and to go to Olympics and things like that. And um, my journey has been very um, interesting, uh, not smooth at all. So many lows, like way more lows than highs. Um, but those highs like outweigh every single low because I bring it back to the 2018 World Cup where we um, beat Spain in Spain and they say that's the hardest thing to do in a quarter or a semi beat the host nation and so yep. it's a really tough battle we had like 8,000 booing Spanish fans Liz was revving them up she loves it um, you know she loves getting booed that revs her up she killed at that game but I got to hit a pretty cool corner three to like really solidify the win and like the energy after that game like that's the best the best game that I've ever been a part of and especially with the Opals um, and that you know put us back into second in the world um, which is a really cool thing. And so, yeah, wearing the green and gold will never get old. It's always so incredible. Um, and the passion and, you know, the culture that we've got right now with the Opals program is just like second to none. It's incredible. The game in London where we beat Great Britain on the home floor with like by far one of my best Aussie boomers team wins for sure. Um, finding out about the, the Olympics, was that is that your highlight of your Opals Australian basketball in general career yeah like making the olympic team you mean yeah, yeah absolutely so as a kid my goal 100 percent make the olympic team um and yeah like my journey to get there was definitely not smooth as i mentioned before but yeah that that was i think going into that meeting where we found out that morning we we're on the gold coast and i was crying going into the meeting like i was so nervous like i don't think i could like i just was not ready to hear anything because i just i couldn't even can't even speak about it you know what I mean like and so I'm in there like how did you find out how were you told was it everyone in was it individual coming with the coaches how, how did you yeah it was individual so we had um Choco and our assistants uh Damien Cotter and Laurie Chizik all sitting there and so I'm just like kind of like just <laughs> like crying and they're going you're going and I'm, like this I cried for like another two hours like I just couldn't I couldn't believe it um it was really like just everything, all the hard work, all the blood, sweat and tears, as cliche as that sounds, or like in that moment, it was just incredible. Um, so that was probably a highlight. And then as mentioned, the 2018 World Cup where, um, yeah, we, we claimed silver, which was really great. Um, I always see, actually I'll ask that after this, um, the Com Games, home like oh. gold medal Com Games, like how good was that? Yeah, that was so great. And honestly, we don't get to really rep our country on home soil that often. Um, so it's even cooler that we get the World Cup in 2022 here as well. Um, but yeah, the Com Games was a really cool experience. I actually think that the village was set up better than what Rio was. It was definitely more ready. 
what Rio was. And the food was way better. Um, sorry, Rio, if you're watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool experience. And we were in Townsville for our um, round games. And I'd actually just signed with the Boomers right before the Com Games. So at least they still like kind of cheered me a little bit. <laughs> I did have three years, three championships there in the Ville. So, you know, they were respectful, which was nice. But um, was hoping to be in Cairns, the, the minor rounds. But yeah, then we had the finals on the coast. Uh, and that was just a really cool experience. And, you know, it put us in good stead to, you know, probably win that silver medal a few months later at the World Cup. It was a great tournament. Um, you, you mentioned the World Cup, 2021 or 22? The World Cup is, yeah, 2022. Like, that's obviously a goal for yourself and, and obviously all the... But how good would that be to have a, a major tournament in Australia to play in front of friends and family? Yeah, would be absolutely incredible, um, especially just, you know, for women's basketball and, and female athletes. Um, and, you know, you know, women's basketball, you respect us. Like, you know, it's a great game and to have the top talent in the world come here and, and to showcase that um, and to make some noise about it. And then the following year, there's the World Cup for the women's soccer. So I think it's just great for Australia to have, you know, Olympics, our World Cup, the Soccer World Cup. I think it's a real, a real movement for female uh, athletes for sure. And a perfect time coming out of this COVID rubbish oh. we're in to just, you know, bang after each other, just hopefully proper live sport for people to go and see. <laughs> two big time yeah. events, one year after the other. Yeah, and I think really great for the young aspiring athletes, um, you know, for the World Cup, but then also for the region of Cairns, for the young the young athletes to, you know, see us live because you can't be here, you can't see. So, and you know, that it's televised. We've got Fox LKO and ABC as well. So, and there isn't really any other sport other than cricket. You know, you guys don't start till a bit later. So if you're a basketball fan, like you have to watch the women. Soto, you got to watch us. <laughs> I agree. Um, you've obviously, and I, you are now an idol for all the young girls coming forward. But who, who was yours growing up? Like you mentioned Penny Taylor. I'm sure you were watching Lauren Jackson and whatnot. Yeah. But did you have a, an Opal or an Australian women's basketball that you just loved watching, maybe molded your game a little bit around? Yeah, so you just mentioned both of them. So Penny Taylor and Lauren Jackson were, I mean, anyone I think would say those two. But, yeah. um, and the amazing part is I got to play with both of them as opals like they were my opal sisters which was just I mean for me like you know to come full circle and be there and be like wow like the kids that you know I had them on my school books and now I'm playing with them like that was just a really cool moment and Penny and Lauren I only got to play um two games with Lauren before she um had to retire uh, but that was I think I played like two and a half minutes with her on the court and I think I had an open layup and I passed it to her who had a double team and then she told me to shoot it so that was my memory <laughs> Because I had an open lap and I was so like, oh my gosh, Lauren, yeah, yeah. <laughs> try and score on two people. Um, but with Penny, I got to do, yeah, the World Cup with her and the Olympics. So that was incredible. She's an amazing human and yeah, amazing to come full circle. But also um, in school, I had the 2004 Athens Olympians um, on my school book and that had Sandy in it, who became my coach, Susie Bakovic, who I ended up winning three championships with. Do you know what I mean? Like it's those stories that it's like, wow. And then I look down, I see, I wonder like what kids are going to come through that have me on their school books or have another Opal on their school books and they come to the Opal squad a few years later. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's those kind of stories that are really cool. And that's the stuff I think you were mentioned before about the people you meet and whatever, the places you go. It's not necessarily yeah. the games, but the people you meet. The fact that you've had two, three-year idols that you've grown up, yeah. like you said, just like watching to play with, that's, that's pretty special. Yeah, it certainly is. And I mean, yeah, 
Susie, she's she's a cool egg and she, you know, is an absolute legend of the game and to win those three championships up in Townsville. Small region though too, so, you know, we've got media every day and, you know, it's it's not like a big city. Um, so, you know, they hammer us with the media, which is great and great for the region. So I'm happy, you know, that we're all up there again and, you know, we're going to get some good exposure for sure. One thing I love about what you've done is you're not just obviously a basketball player, you're a lot more than that. Um, the entrepreneurial... There it is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the stuff you've done with um you set little businesses off the court now remy yeah remy and coco remy and coco was one um yeah. obviously you have your website www.kaylagegeorge.com yeah. um you just had your cg um program kind of weekend up in cairns um tell me through some of that stuff and obviously super passionate about it but um yeah. each each three of those yeah, absolutely. So I feel like um, as an athlete, you know, I wanted to be really smart with how I invested my money and I'm very creative and my mind's always thinking of ideas. So a few years back, um, I decided to start making candles uh, and then I was still playing in Europe at that point. So then I employed my sister to do everything for me and then added apparel and things like that. So I really like home decor and that's kind of where that came from. Um, and so I still do that. That's really cool. And then um, I do, yeah, kaylagegeorge.com, which is essentially like a super interactive um, program for these young aspiring females to connect with me as an Opal, current Opal that's still, you know, a professional basketball player. Um, now, when I was young, I wish that I had someone older that would interact with me like I'm interacting with these girls. Yeah. Um, Technology is different now too. Uh, but I, essentially, it's just to help these kids just understand that, hey, like, you might be lacking confidence, but, you know, I do as well. I'm pro 14 years and I still have moments like this, but this is how I bounce back. Um, so I, the three things I focus on are commitment, culture and confidence. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's been a real success so far. And I launched it in November last year, right before, you know, everything became online due to COVID. So, um, and then everyone kind of went online and did their mentoring stuff, which is cool. Um, it's definitely needed. It's a, it's a space that's definitely needed. Um, but yeah, I, I was really fortunate. My 12 week program that I did during Corona, I had like 230 kids, like girls on that one. And then I teamed up with um, Greg Heyer from Perth there with his um, A Stitch in Time Foundation. And he actually yep. created a 12 week module program uh, for the girls to do weekly, which essentially just helped them understand mental health better and help give them strategies moving forward to, to help when they're lacking confidence and help when they're feeling certain ways. So um, out of the 220 girls, I think we had 80 complete that module course that Greg did. So Greg's incredible, like love working with him and we'll definitely work with him in the future. That's, that's amazing. Obviously on the website, you have, you know, the share, the birthday shout outs and the messages and all yeah. that stuff. You have the, the individual workouts, a 12 week program you mentioned, I think some group sessions, like just yeah. a, a variety of stuff, like you said, for young girls to, to talk to, reach out yeah. to, have some contact with their idol growing up. Like, like and I think it's, it's really important um, for me. Like one of the main things was to create like a sisterhood, like a CG sisterhood. So um, for example, one of my programs, I had a couple kids in Cairns um, and then there was a, a family in Brisbane. And then for the Queensland State Championships a month ago, they met and were like, oh, we met through the Kayla George program. They had photos, they tagged me, like, oh, this is how we met. And, and that is a really cool feeling, right? So connecting these kids, showing these young girls, oh, look what so-and-so is doing in WA. Look at what they're doing, you know, in USA. I had, I had a couple from USA, one from Norway and two from France in my program. So it's international, which is great. Um, but yeah, to create that sisterhood where, you know, we've got each other's backs. I think is really important. And then, you know, culturally I'm 
teaching them how I, you know, roll as a leader and what I kind of try and emulate to my team. And my goal is for those young girls who you're never too old, uh, too young to be a leader, for them to go back to their teams and kind of create a culture of accountability, no finger pointing, um, you know, just a culture that's building up through their, the ranks of their age groups and, and that they can, um, you know, it's more positive. That's amazing. I love it. Um, how, how cool to be an Under Armour athlete. Oh, yes. Who would have thought at 31 I'd be signing my first deal? <laughs> hey, too late, right? Right. So I think it is about like the grind on the socials. Like it's it's more like how you're like your brand. It's not just about on-court stuff. And I feel like I've done a lot of work to, to build that. Uh, and so I was really super stoked to be able to sign with Under Armour. They've got some great gear. And um, yeah, and moving forward, they've got some great um, ideas and plans for the future. So I'm looking forward to it and um, just kind of taking it all in. And like I said, the 31 stoked. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's only a number. It is only a number. Right? I, I, might, I might try to see if I can get something at 34. Uh, uh, a discount code. No. <laughs> they also helped out with your program, your, your CG program. I think they provided balls and some stuff for that as well. Yeah. You know, that was really great, actually. I did want to talk about that. So um, I had this idea... Well, I was doing camps in Melbourne and camps are such a saturated market. And I don't want to compete with associations for kids to come to my camp over there. It's like, you know, I, I don't want that. I want to always be different and think outside the square. So, uh, or the box, whatever, just think outside of it. And so I thought um, at the start of this year, I wanted to launch in Melbourne, these CG tournaments. And so um, obviously through Corona, it got put on hold, but then once things settled down in Cairns, I was like, oh, let's, let's get it cracking. And so, yeah, I had like a DJ there. I had live radio stream from there. Um, I had like lunch supplied. There was like an activation court with a selfie station. There was a hydration station, a facial station. So like, you know, that's really, you know, play some hoops and take care of your skin. It's important, right? Get some yep. drinks, hydration station. And then of course, you know, a selfie station, it's essential. Have to have a selfie station. Um, so that was really cool. We had about 50 or 60 kids come through that, which for the region of Kansas was quite good. Um, good for me to run my first event you know lots of things to change on the run but you know it was a bit little anxiety plus but I learned a lot but yeah the kids had fun um so that was really great and Under Armour you know handed out some prizes and had the balls there as well so that was really great amazing where is home for you, you grew up in Adelaide you played all over literally almost every state I think um no, I can't where, down right <laughs> where do you get home obviously um married I think five years now family up in Cairns, lived up there for a while, kind of North Queenslandish area. Yes. Um, where, where do you consider home? Well, my birthplace is Mount Barker in Adelaide Hills. <laughs> so I've still got family there. Um, but I went to the AIS at 15 and then I went back to the Lightning for two years and haven't lived in Adelaide since. So in 2011, I went to Cairns because um, my dad had just moved back from Fiji and obviously Cairns, he'd been there for a while in Cairns, like climate wise was kind of similar, I guess. And then I'd had a new little sister that I wanted to hang out with. She was like nine months old. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just to go meet her. And then I ended up meeting my husband there. So when I wasn't on contract or just having a rest in Australia for a second, I was always in Cairns um, and then, yeah, got hitched and yeah, now it's home. <laughs> The Cairns is home now. Yeah, Cairns. Yeah, a lot of people think I'm from Townsville, but no, I, I just played there for three seasons. Definitely a Cairns girl now. You have, um, you have two um, beautiful dogs. Um, you get uh, treats from a very special lady that looks after a lot of us in the NBL yeah. um, and a lot of others as well. Yeah, no, I certainly do. I actually get them delivered to my door since she's a Cairns local. So yeah, she's beautiful. Harley and me treats. 
I actually need to probably put an order in. Uh, my dogs are missing me. I feel bad. Got separation anxiety. <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, she's amazing. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had a few of her treats and also pets. So I've um, been working with pets a little bit. I know they're doing a lot with you guys down at Southeast Melbourne and some of the Bendigo girls, I think as well. Yeah. There as well. So yeah, really cool stuff. Dogs love it. And I know you love your Tampa bed. I've also been blessed with a very, very luxurious bed. But Tampa, are you, I know you love your bed. Mate, I, I'm very spoiled. That bed is sublime. But I'm not going to lie, this bed here, my back doesn't like it. It's just not the temper. I did bring my pillow down. But unfortunately, couldn't bring the old mattress in the suitcase. But yeah, it's very luxurious. And I mean, the dogs love it too. So are your dogs allowed on the bed? They own the house. So <laughs> they, yeah. I get like a small percentage of the bed, but it's all theirs. Yes, I love that for you. That's great. Um, I want to, you, you obviously, a lot of your teammates would obviously love you and you love all your teammates. You have a special connection with Maddie. I think you probably room with her. Um, tell Who's me that? Maddie Garrick. Maddie. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Not a fan. Not a fan. You two are always <laughs> together. Being absolute clowns. Um, I know you, you like that with a lot of your uh, your teammates and whatever. Yeah. Alana, Liz, everyone, you always posting. One of the funniest things I find with you is if it's someone's birthday, oh. whatever it is, you're posting, like they've either been hit with a ball in the face, they're like twisted on the ground. Like it's just amazing. No matter who it is from what team, you have must the biggest collection of photos stored I up. I have albums. I have albums stored up ready to go. Ready to go. Um, no, I do. I do like a good, um, a good gag, like a laugh. Like it's, you know, it's, it's my vibe. Like I just like to make everyone around me feel really good. And um, a lot of that is laughing. And so I just, you know, culturally like to make the, especially the young girls feel comfortable. Like we're all on the same page. And um, I think that's really great just to, just to have everyone, you know, we've all got our own experiences. We've all got different resumes, but at the end of the day, we're all on one team. No one's better than anyone else. And we're going to get the job done together from one to 12. Everyone's just as important. So for me to create that culture is having those fun times, those laughs, those giggles, like, you know, that's, that's what it's about for me and making sure everyone's comfortable and in a good um, mind frame. Well, it takes the pressure off, right? Like obviously yeah. you're locked in when it comes game time and, and that's obviously all serious scouts going to the game, whatever, but to take the pressure, like a young girl maybe playing a first game, but if right. you're messing around and like making light of situations, it distracts her a little bit from actually playing the game until it's time to really lock in. Exactly, because, you know, if they're locked in and they come on the floor and do something great, like that's great for your team. So like if they're not and they're anxious and they're going on the floor and making mistakes, like, yeah, that's, that's them making the mistake, but then it's, you know, a turnover for your team. So I just like to make sure, and that sounds like, oh, Dirk Kaler, of course, but it's like, well, you know, not a lot of, when I was younger, like in coming through, I didn't have anyone trying to like make me feel more comfortable. I had to ride through the anxiety wave of like nerves and like make sure I was ready. And do you know what I mean? So for me, um, and it's, it's especially what we do with the Opals as well, like the leadership group, we just make sure everyone's in a really good space and a really good mind frame to come on one to 12. We've all got this, let's roll. Love it. My last one, I want a top five of plays you've played with. So I want a point guard and you're in the team. So put yourself wherever you want. If you want to, you can't be a point guard. guard. Oh, I can't be a point guard. No. So I want your best that you've played with. So they can be Opals, they can be WNBL, um, whatever, overseas. Um, well, I'd have to say, I really like playing with um, guards that really uh, aren't afraid to pass like crafty passes so Kristen Veal like bit vintage there Veely I can only say five though I want a top I want a team I want a team one team 
Okay. The village um, poet. Ooh, oh my gosh, this is really hard. Um, well, I'd say um, post-play like Liz and Tolo, but I can't be on the team. Oh man. No, you can only pick one. So you've got Liz. I'll give you Liz. So Liz, okay, Liz all right. And then I'm in the four spot. Yep. Um, and in the three, I would say um, Maddie Garrick. Smart. In the two. <laughs> no, actually, Maddie's the two. I'd say the one, um, you know, I really enjoyed playing with Katie Ray Ebsery in the Opals in 2018, like that era, like that time. So Katie was really phenomenal. So I'm going to say Katie Ray. Um, and then, yeah, Maddie in the two. And then in the three, we'll go Steph Talbot. I love it. I love no, it. No, actually, I'd change it. No, nah, I'd change it because Steph just gave me some shit on an IG slide. So, Jenna hey. <laughs> Even better. I love it. Well, <laughs> Kyla, that's all I've got for you. I appreciate you taking... I'm, I'm glad I could distract you from a little bit of your quarantine and like... Actually, yeah. I've got a bit of colouring to do, so... no. <laughs> you didn't mention that before. I, um, no, I do appreciate you taking time to jump on. Good luck with the upcoming season. I'm sure it's going to be one, a grind, a lot of fun. Yeah. Hard work, you know, with that, that condensed schedule, but um, you guys got a great team and, and with Guy and that there, I'm sure you do well. So good luck. Good Thank luck. you, champ. Appreciate you. Good luck getting out of quarantine. Uh, <laughs> fingers crossed you're all good. And, and I really can't wait to get back up north. Yeah, no, definitely hyped for that. But thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you. You are most welcome.